Candy from Strangers by Mark Coggins is original, smart, and good to the last page, says best-selling author and executive producer of the hit TV series Bosch, Michael Connolly. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. Chapter 11. Man from International Mail. 10.45 the next morning found me munching on a bagel with designer cream cheese at Chris Duckworth's kitchen table. He had his laptop out and was busy booting it up. The bagel was good, but I was troubled by the topping. Why is this cream cheese pink? I asked between bites. It's gay. Chris was dressed in a sage-colored pant and shirt combo made of crinkly linen, that he proudly pointed out in the International Mail catalog the moment I walked through the door. It looked like it had been kept between the mattress and box springs of his bed, but the catalog seemed to suggest that the texturing had been done on purpose. No, really, I said. What's in it? It's low-fat strawberry honey cinnamon, okay? The swelling around Chris's eye had gone down, so I could see the sarcastic glint in it as he turned to smirk at me. If I'd known you were coming... I would have bought a tub of plain with extra cholesterol. The laptop finished booting and Chris logged in and did some fiddling to get to the internet. Thanks to my neighbor's unsecured network, we've got an excellent wireless connection, he said. Now what was that address again? I gave him the address of Carolyn and Monica's website and he typed it into the browser. The real estate of the welcome page was subdivided through the middle by a diagonal line. The lower portion of the page was engulfed in flames and featured a smiling picture of Monica in her she-devil outfit. Words in a cartoon balloon above her head urged us to give in to temptation and click on her jeweled belly button to enter hell. That was consistent with my expectations, but what appeared on the upper portion wasn't. Instead of a conventional representation of heaven with clouds, halos, harps, etc., there was a gloomy picture of a cemetery monument with Carolyn leaning up against it. She wore a shiny black bustier with black gauntlets trimmed in gold and a long black and gold ruffled skirt. An elaborate pair of wings made of black feathers emerged from her shoulders, and the black wig on her head draped hair across the monument, her arms and the wings. Her face was heavily made up with a pale white foundation, sharply contrasted with rouge and lipstick the color of weak old blood. The cartoon balloon above her head told us to click on the monument epitaph to join the angels in heaven. Running below all of this was a warning in red text that the site contained full nudity and adult themes and was not suitable for children. We were further informed that we must be 18 or older to enter. Well, said Chris, I guess that clears up any lingering doubts about which is more fun. It appears that heaven is full of sullen dead people who wear a lot of black, whereas the folks in hell make creative use of color, are better at accessorizing, and are more well-adjusted. Cut out the runway commentary and let's go in. Basement or attic? Basement first. Chris clicked on Monica's navel and the browser loaded with her not-so-private version of hell. There was a large picture of her sitting on her throne in front of the backdrop of flames, and prostrate on the floor around her were several other images of her superimposed on the original photograph, 
to resemble worshiping subjects and or souls in torment. The caption over the photograph read, Caution, extremely addictive, and the fact that she had jettisoned the halter top to her she-devil costume did a lot to reinforce the argument. Very nice Photoshop work, said Chris. Yeah, I said in a thick voice. Exactly what I was thinking. Chris laughed. I guess I know what you felt like when I was drooling over the models in the International Mail catalog. Chris scrolled the page down and the menu along the bottom came into view, with entries for a free photo gallery, a pay-per-view gallery, a webcam section, a make a donation button, and a link to auctions on eBay. You want to check out some of the other photos? asked Chris. Or maybe the webcam would be more to your liking. I don't think my heart could take any more photos. I am curious about the webcam, though. Doesn't she have to be live in front of the camera for that to work? Sure, but she might have archived some of the videos from earlier sessions. Let's find out. Chris clicked the webcam menu button. A sparse page came up with the following message. Monica's not holding court at present. Please come back at 5 p.m. to see her one-hour performance of I Dream of Goth Succubus. Admission, $75. Hey, that's more than I make in an hour, I said. But it's good value for the money. The original show was only a half hour, and black and white at that. Speaking of money, she told me that she didn't accept gifts like Carolyn does. Only cash. I guess that's what the Make a Contribution button's for. Yep, I'm sure it links to a form to accept credit cards. There are also online services that let you give money anonymously, so your name and address aren't available to the recipient. That sounds about right. She said her customers were shy. I pushed the bagel plate to one side and swept the crumbs that remained off the table. Chris flinched. Not on the floor, you bum. I just vacuumed. He reached down for the crumbs and hurried them out to the kitchen, like he was disposing of nuclear waste. When he returned, I said, Let's check the eBay auctions. She told me she was going to auction off her underwear, but I didn't think you could sell used clothing. Chris laughed and clapped his hands. A friend of mine who works there told me about this. eBay doesn't allow it, but people go around the restrictions. They list it as new, wink, wink, and all the perverts who have a fetish about worn underwear know what to look for in the description of the item. It's sort of a code. He clicked on the auctions link, which brought up a new window with a list of current auctions for eBay seller Goth Succubus. There were five items for sale, all of them with current bids over $20. The newest listing was titled Sexy Red Thong, New, Unused, and had been posted the previous night. I hesitate to ask this, I said, but let's take a look at the first one. I always knew you were a panty sniffer, said Chris glibly. I raised my fist at him Ralph Cramden-like, and he squawked and twisted away from me in his chair, turning the laptop monitor so I couldn't see it. His face split into a huge grin as he read the listing. Not only are you a panty sniffer, but you're a love slave too. Check it out. He turned the monitor back into view. The listing had a picture of the thong underwear lying on the seat of Monica's throne, and below that, the item description. Hi, my name is Monica and I'm a college student looking to make some extra cash. I am selling a very sexy pair of my cute thong panties, unused and unworn per eBay's regulations. This is a private auction so my love slaves feel safer. Especially you, August. Visit me at www.gothic-heaven-hell.com. Enough of hell, I said. 
I'm ready for heaven. Chris shut down the eBay window and returned to the welcome page of the site. He clicked on the granite monument, and gothic heaven materialized before us. We stared at the monitor for a long moment. Then Chris said, Are you sure you're ready? The picture at the top of the page was ample reason for doubt. An open-walled mausoleum surrounded by a fence of wrought iron pikes. It was home to a marble sarcophagus with an elaborate sculpture of the interred. He'd apparently been a young man in his early 20s when he died, and his marble likeness was laid out on top of the sarcophagus as if to rest. Bending over him with a hand to his forehead and an expression of reverent concern was a statue of an angel, and mirroring the angel's pose on the other side, Carolyn. The caption below the picture read, Only those who abandon themselves to darkness open up to the light. It was creepy as all get out, and I couldn't help but wonder if it was intended to be emblematic of her brother's death. When I didn't say anything, Chris cleared his throat a little self-consciously and began clicking through the menu items. The site was decidedly less commercial than Monica's, and while the pictures were in some ways more disturbing than the ones we'd seen on hers, none of them would be rated higher than PG-13. Several would probably fit into the fetish category, including a series of Carolyn washing her hair and another of her rubbing lotion on her feet. In addition to the photo galleries, Carolyn had a guestbook for visitors to post comments, and a journal, or blog, as Monica had called it. Since I was particularly interested in clues to her visitor's identity, I pointed Chris to the guestbook. The entries in the guestbook were all posted anonymously, or signed with nom de plumes like the cards from the Amazon.com packages. A lot of the names were new to me, Raven, December Night, and Knickknack, but I recognized one from before, Skinner's Pigeon. Mr. Pigeon's writings were more articulate than the others, which consisted mainly of one-sentence proclamations of how great the site was, or requests to satisfy more fetishes. An entry of his the week before Carolyn's disappearance caught my eye. Goth Angel, without you my spirit is caged and tortured like an animal in a lab experiment. Do not abandon me. Answer my pleas and return to earth where we may commune once more. Your loving servant, Skinner's Pigeon. Wow, said Chris. Wonder how he pecked all that out. Guess it's a matter of conditioning. Very funny. Is it a clue? I don't know. The timing is interesting, and so is the fact that he suggests they've communed, whatever that means. I waved my hand at the monitor. Keep going. We made a quick tour of Carolyn's blog, but far from being a collection of the profound utterings of an otherworldly creature, the majority of the journal entries were complaints about work, annoying teachers at school, and a head cold that wouldn't go away. Interspersed among the complaints were acknowledgments of gifts and compliments received. And one day she used the entry to answer questions from an admirer. Question. How old were you when you had your first kiss? Answer. The first real kiss when I really liked him? Twelve years old. Question. Do you like kids? Answer. I would love to, but at the same time, it's a cold world. You know? Question. Do you think you are beautiful? Answer. On the inside, I think I am. I don't care if I am on the outside anymore. Question. Who is your ideal man and does he have to be rich? Answer. Good-hearted, funny, talented, hard-working, knows how to fix my car when it breaks down. G-F-E-T-E. I don't care if he's rich. Could care less about his money, really. 
Question. Ever been in love? Answer. I am in love. Wink. Question. Someone tells you a secret. Do you blab or keep it hush-hush? Answer. Very hush-hush. Question. Would you ever go nude on cam? Answer. Nope. G-F-E-T-E? I asked. Grinning from ear to ear, said Chris. Anything useful here? The bit about being in love is interesting. Her mother said she thought that Carolyn had a new boyfriend. The final thing we checked was a link to her Amazon wish list. There were about 30 things on the list, and nearly all of them had already been purchased. The most recent items added were a collection of Buffy the Vampire Slayer videos and a book on fetish photography. At my urging, we put the Buffy videos in our shopping cart so I could see what it was like to do a transaction from the buyer's perspective. When we got to the checkout page and it was apparent there was no way to send the gift anonymously, I asked Chris about all the packages Carolyn had received from private buyer from the covering address in New Jersey. He flipped back to the original page on Carolyn's site and pointed to another link beside the wish list. It was labeled Proxy Buy and was introduced with the caption, If you want to give anonymously. Proxy Buy is one of the services I was talking about earlier, he said. You tell them what you want to buy from Amazon or wherever, and they get the item for you without revealing your identity to the retailer. What's in it for them? They take a few extra bucks for each transaction. More if you want them to receive the merchandise for you and ship it in a plain brown wrapper. Sounds like a good scam. But that means if I do need to track down people who've given gifts to Carolyn, I'll need to get the information from these proxy buy people. He shook his head. Good luck. Their whole business is founding on keeping identities private, like a numbered Swiss bank account. You'll need a court order at least. Swell, I said and pushed my chair back. You doing anything vital for the next few hours? I was going to look for jobs on Craigslist, but that could wait. I should think so. It's waited about 15 months now. Chris stuck his tongue out. You menial types in the low-tech sector have no idea how hard this recession has hit. What do you have? I stood and smiled down at him. Your mission, Mr. Duckworth, is to hack the computer of a teenage girl in the East Bay metropolis of Union City. Your cover will be that of an international male model who has slept overnight in his clothes. He rose wearily from the table. Sometimes, August, you're about as funny as a busted condom. You have been listening to Candy from Strangers, a book mystery scene magazine described as crackling and whip smart. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com.